glad you can join us for Thanksgiving Eve service. And I pray and I hope that you're blessed this Thanksgiving. And I just want to share with you a few things that uh, I pray is a blessing to you and encouragement to you. And so if you have a Bible with you, uh, I want to read from Philippians chapter 4. And I want to read from verses uh, 4 through 9 and then just give you some encouragement on this Thanksgiving Eve. Philippians, in the New Testament, the fourth chapter, Paul writing to this church as he's in prison in Rome. And he writes in chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, and whatever things are noble, and whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, and whatever are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard we saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So, Father, I pray that as we just look at these verses, this is your word given to us, that on this uh, Thanksgiving season, as we gather with friends or family or wherever we're at, that, Lord, uh, that we can be thankful and not be anxious. And, Lord, there are things here that you desire for us to, to know and to be encouraged in. So, Lord, um, I pray that you would do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of you, you know the background of the book of Philippians, that Paul is writing the prison epistles. Philippians is one of those books. While he's in his first imprisonment in Rome, the book of Acts ends with Paul going to Rome as uh, he had gone through that series of uh, legal uh, trials uh, that started in Jerusalem then ended up in Caesarea to where he would appeal to Caesar because he was a Roman citizen. He's put on a boat, and the book of Acts ends with him going into Rome, where he would be under a house arrest, chained to a Roman guard 24-7. He writes what is known the prison epistles of Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, and Philemon that are recorded for us in God's Word. He wrote other letters as well. We know from the book of Colossians he wrote a letter to the church at Laodicea is not in the canon of Scripture, but Paul was one in prison, continuing to minister. He, he would say that my chains in this uh, letter he writes to the Philippians are for the furtherance of the gospel. And he would say that uh, there are those of Caesar's household that greet you. People were getting saved, even as Paul was in that, that confinement, uh, even though he was bound he continued to minister, and I learned so much from Paul the Apostle, his perspective, his heart, because it helps me in the times where I feel like we're bound, we're restricted, uh, I'm just chained to this difficulty or circumstance. And Paul is in a time where he doesn't know whether he's going to be released from this imprisonment or he's going to be put to death. And you just sense uh, this peace that he has in chapter 1 as he begins to address this church that he established on his first missionary journey. Of course, you read about that in Acts chapter 16. He came into Philippi. He, he begins to minister. 
He gets thrown in prison after he is beaten by rods, him and Silas. And there you read about the story of the Philippian jailer. And uh, he's in prison. It's at midnight. And it says that Paul and Silas, they are praying and they are singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And then all of a sudden there was an earthquake, of course. And the prison doors opened up. Their shackles and chains fell off of them. And the Philippian jailer was so afraid, he was about ready to thrust his sword into himself. And Paul said, don't do it. And the Philippian jailer said, what must I do uh, to be saved? And and Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your house. So uh, Philippi had a very special place in Paul's heart to where they supported Paul. It was the first church that he established on the continent of Europe, uh, there in uh, the province of you know, uh, Macedonia and northern Greece. And, and so Paul's writing to them, and the whole theme of this book is joy, is rejoicing. And that amazes me because Paul's not fretting. He, he's not upset. You sense this peace that he has. And as he's concluding this, uh, this epistle to them in chapter 4, it's only four chapters long, that he's saying, I want you to help these two individuals in verse 2, that are have labored with me in the gospel, in the work of the Lord, but, but there was tension that was going on. Uh, help them uh, to come together, those whose names are written in the book of life. And then in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Um, one of the things that it reminds me of is, remember when the 70 came back in Luke's gospel, that they were just you know, excited about how they were used of the Lord to work miracles and, and to, as they went out, uh, the 70, and, and doing the work of the Lord. And, and they were amazed. And, and Jesus said that don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. And, and we can rejoice in that. I know that this year has been difficult to all of us in various ways in different degrees. Uh, we have become anxious at times, perhaps, fearful, the uncertainty, the adjusting, the, um, the things that we've had to endure, and it continues on, and, and it seems like, is there going to be an end to this? And now we find ourselves in the holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all the restrictions, and we're making this decisions and how to meet with family and everything else, and it becomes exhausting. And perhaps as uh, we maneuver through this, there are different things that cause us to be anxious or fearful or uh, uncertain. And and we begin to fret and and we begin to get down. And we start looking at the things politically. We're concerned about things going on culturally. Uh, We wonder, you know, about our, our health physically. Uh, maybe you've been affected uh, very much economically. All these things are a factor in our lives every single day that we're dealing with and having to get up. And maybe even on this Thanksgiving, you feel like that you're imprisoned. You're imprisoned to all of this, and you're down and you're discouraged. And I think that we can learn from this. I want to give you six things that will help you to be thankful this Thanksgiving season. They will help you to not be anxious and 
to be able to rejoice. And I've already mentioned one of them. Number one is that we are to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And Paul was in that prison. He was rejoicing. He was praying at the midnight hour. And maybe in those dark times at the midnight hour where you're feeling really down, a key is to rejoice in the Lord. And I would encourage you to do that. Rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. We can rejoice because we belong to the Lord. And and I would encourage you to fill your mind, as we're going to discuss here in a little bit, with praise music and, and listening to the things of the Lord that will build you up. We have reason to rejoice, Christian. This Thanksgiving, this Christmas season, as we enter into a new year, because we have the blessed hope, and we belong to the Lord, and we can rejoice, and we are to rejoice to the Lord. So what will help us in this time of discouragement and uncertainty is, number one, verse 4, that we'll rejoice in the Lord. And then second of all, as we read in verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. I think that this is an important word for us because we just went through an election year. And maybe you're thinking, I'm so disappointed in the results or, you know, all the rhetoric and all the things that even continue uh, on, even now that the election is over. But we need to remember that we're to let our gentleness be known to all men and that we know that the Lord is coming back. The Lord is at hand. He's coming back and he has a marvelous plan. And everything that he's allowing, even this pandemic that he's allowed to affect the whole world, that it is going to be used for his purposes. God is still on the throne. His promises are still true. The Lord is going to come back. He's going to come back for his church. And we can be excited about that. And we are told in the scriptures over and over again, Paul at this time, he's saying the Lord is at hand, that, that we are, have a wonderful, wonderful future. We belong to a kingdom that lasts forever. And to remind you again, what we learn in Daniel chapter 2 is Daniel gives that uh, interpretation of the dream to the king of Babylon. He says, God gave you the kingdom and power and glory, but you're going to be replaced by another. And eventually all of man's kingdom is going to be replaced by the kingdom of God, the rock that hit that statue and the statue crumbled. And then it's a kingdom that will last forever. You and I belong to a kingdom that lasts forever. And our ruler, that is the king of kings and the Lord of all lords, is still on the throne and he will always be on the throne. And he hasn't forgotten about us. And he's going to come for us. Because the coming of the Lord is at hand. And and I look forward to that every day. That perhaps maybe the Lord will come for us. We don't know the day or the hour. But we're to be the wise servant that is looking for the master's return. Because he says, I come at a time that you least expect it. So how is it that we can, you know, just have a joyful heart as Paul is emphasizing in this epistle, a thankful heart, number one, that we rejoice always. Just rejoicing in who we uh, are in Christ and the blessings we have in Christ. Second of all, knowing that the coming of Christ is at hand. 
Thirdly, to pray. As we read again uh, in verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So we don't have to be anxious, but what we can do is that we can go to the Lord and we can give our supplications to Him. Uh, and we are to be ones that let your requests be known to God. Requests, and maybe you got a lot of requests, but we know in the Scripture that God desires for us to come to Him. And he desires for us to seek him. And we can come to him and say, Lord, hear my supplications. Hear my requests. This is what I'm going through. My needs, my desires, Lord, and I'm giving it to you. So prayer is very important. Rejoicing and praying and watching for the Lord to come back. And then, fourthly, we're to do it with thanksgiving. As a Christian... I see throughout the scriptures, it is very, very important that we have a thankful heart. And maybe on this Thanksgiving Eve, as we enter into this holiday weekend and into the Christmas season, you might be thinking, I don't have a whole lot to be thankful for, but we do as Christians. And I'm not trying to diminish the, the difficulty you're going through or the challenges that face you or the things that have brought hurt to you. But as a Christian, we have reason to be thankful. We belong to the Lord. We have forgiveness of sin. We have the hope of heaven, don't we? We have eternity that belongs to us. We have his promises. He is with us. He never will leave us or forsake us. And we know that he is with us always, even to the end. And he cares about us, and we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And I think a good thing to do, perhaps for you or maybe for your family, that this Thanksgiving that will be really, really helpful is sit down. You know, usually a tradition for some families is to sit and to go around the table and, and to say, what are you thankful for? I know that we have done that as a family. But I think it's good for you as a Christian and maybe for your family to sit down and start making a list of things that you're thankful for. It really blessed me when Travis began worship, that listening to him, he, he was just saying the things that he's thankful for. And, and I think that as we do, you'll go down the list and, yeah, I'm thankful for, you know, uh, eternal life, forgiveness of sin. I belong to the Lord. I'm thankful that I have my family. I'm thankful that I have my church family. I'm thankful, you know, that we have a roof over our heads. Just go down the list, and as you're thankful, it'll begin to comfort your heart, and you won't be so anxious. And I know that the challenges await, but we can go to the Lord in prayer with thanksgiving and that let our request be known to God. And then it tells us the promise of God's word is, is that the peace of God that passes understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I don't understand why we're going through this pandemic. I, I, I don't understand why it continues. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. But the Lord desires to give me a peace that passes understanding. And that is so glorious. And he also talks about at the end of verse 9, May the God of peace be with you. You know, we have peace with God as we become Christians, but then he desires to put the peace of God in our hearts. And the way to have that is rejoicing, to be looking for the Lord, to be praying, to have thanksgiving. And we don't have to be anxious because, Lord, you got this, and I'm your child, and your promises are true for me, and you're not going to leave me as an orphan. The Holy Spirit resides in my heart, and you're there with me, and you're going to see me through. 
And Lord, hear my requests and hear my supplications. And you'll see that uh, a peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then I think that fifthly, number one, rejoicing in the Lord, verse four. Number two, the Lord is at hand, verse five. Number three, prayer. And number four, thanksgiving in verse six. But number five, the fifth thing that I want to pass along to you, and this is very important in verse eight, that finally, brethren, whatever things are true and whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely and whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. There's a lot of things that come into our minds. And I know for me, you know, one of the things that a pandemic does like this and when we're restricted and locked down and everything is changing, that what can happen, it begins to expose some things that perhaps that are in my life or in my heart that, that Lord, I need to get rid of those things. Or, Lord, I'm realizing some things um, that that this has exposed, and, and that is there's so many voices, and, and I need to meditate on you, on the things of the Lord. We can meditate so much on social media and on the news, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be informed, and I'm not saying that you need to get off of social media, but what I am saying is this, that we can spend so much time on those things that it begins to overwhelm us, and I know that can happen to me that I need to turn the computer off or, you know, put my phone down. I need to turn the news off, and I need to meditate on the things of the Lord to get to a quiet place. And Paul says, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things that are noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report. If there's anything of virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And we can spend hours on other things and, and meditating on those things. And, but we need to take the time to really allow the Lord to, to just minister to our hearts as we take in the things of the Lord into our minds. And Paul writes a lot about renewing our minds. And he writes a lot about that we are to take in the things of the Lord. And, and I think that that's a good word for us here on this Thanksgiving Eve. Take the time this holiday season to really meditate on the things of the Lord. And I know that's helped me. Uh, I'm watching a lot less news Pretty much not on social media. That's for me personally. And I know for me, there's been a calmness that has come into my heart. And, and there's been uh, a joy that's being renewed in my heart. I'm still being informed. You know, I, I still, you know, want to see what's going on and read what's going on. But I am spending more time in just the quietness of the Lord and desiring to seek the things of the Lord that just, you know, because those things just overwhelm and they get us agitated and they begin to mess with us and we go through the day anxious and mad and upset and all these other things. Meditate on the things of the Lord. So those are five things. And then number six, the sixth thing that I want to give to you is in verse nine. That these things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and a God of peace will be with you. So Paul says, these things that you've learned and received and saw in me, these things you do. It is the midnight hour. 
And Paul is praising the Lord. They're praying to the Lord, just as the things that he wrote about here. There is joy in his heart. He's meditating on the things that are praiseworthy. And as he did, all of a sudden, it tells us there in, in, in Acts chapter 16, as the, the earthquake happened, but what was happening during that time at the midnight hours, they're praising God, that the other prisoners were listening. And here we see that Paul writes that the things that you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. You do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, as people look at us and they see that we're doing these things that we've talked about, rejoicing in the Lord and looking for the Lord and praying to the Lord and being thankful to the Lord and meditating on the Lord, and they see peace that passes understanding and the comfort of the Lord, it will be a witness to them. People are going to be watching us. So what I pray and hope even as Paul and Silas were a great witness to those prisoners and to the Philippian jailer that ended up getting saved, that as they watch us, as we're doing these things, and the reality of Jesus in our hearts and the joy that is in our heart, that, that people will see that and that we would be able to pass those things along because people need to see light right now and they need to have hope And they need to see comfort as we're being comforted, even as Paul would write to the Corinthian church in his second letter, that with the comfort that which we receive, we can comfort others. The comfort of God who comforts us in all our tribulations. And I pray that this Thanksgiving, that you are blessed and that this message will be encouragement to you in not only Thanksgiving, but the Christmas season as we go into a new year. That, Lord, I know that I can rejoice in you, that you're coming for me. I can go to you, be thankful to you, meditate on the things of the Lord. And I want to be an example to others. I want to be an example to others to bless them of the reality of Christ in my heart. So, Father, I thank you that we can be encouraged in your word. Your word brings comfort to us. And, Lord, I do... Thank you for the wonderful blessings that we do have in Christ, the spiritual blessings. And Lord, I pray for everyone who's listening that you would just bless their thanksgiving. We have reason to be thankful. And I know people are hurting and people are challenged and wondering and the uncertainty comes and it's overwhelming. But as we do these things that we've talked about looking at your word, that there would be a peace that passes understanding. Your comfort would come to us. And it would, uh, Lord, keep us from being anxious, but to meditate on the things of the Lord, those things that are praiseworthy. And Lord, I just pray that as we gather with others, however that's going to be, maybe in person, maybe it's going to be through phone calls or maybe on the uh, Zoom or or Skype or something like that, talking to friends and relatives. But Lord, I pray that there be blessing in that. And as we enter into the Christmas season, to remember that we have the Savior of the world who came and the greatest gift of all, salvation. I pray that, Lord, as we sit down at the tables and as we gather and as we eat, that your presence would be perceived in a very real way. 
So, Lord, may your hand be upon all the families, everyone, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, as we give thanks to you and unto your name for the many blessings that we do receive. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope we see you on Sunday.